there. Welcome to ATL and 29, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm here after the Hawks 111-104 loss to the San Antonio Spurs. There's a lot to get to. Let's start with the three stars. The Hawks didn't have an overwhelming number of strong performances tonight. Uh, so maybe we give Trey Young an honorable mention for having a strong offensive second half in which he scored 20 points. 20 of his 22 points came in the second half. He got on track with some floaters and things like that in the pick-and-roll game with John Collins. Uh, but, you know, by and large, uh, the Spurs were just better, especially LaMarcus Aldridge and Derek White. So let's give those two the third star tonight. Normally, we're going to put the Hawks in these spots, but the Spurs were just outstanding, and the White-Aldridge pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop combination uh, was terrific. Derek White defended Trey Young well. Uh, six block shots on the night. That's an incredible number for a point guard. Uh, Lloyd Pierce referred to White in his post-game press conference as an elite defender of point guards. And Aldridge, offensively, that was a masterpiece. Uh, 32 points on the night. and the second half, he had 21 points. He didn't miss a shot. He didn't miss a free throw. Perfect in the second half. And the Hawks had no answer for the Spurs pick-and-roll game. Uh, after the game, I asked Lloyd Pierce you know, what the right thing for his defense is uh, when a pick-and-roll combination like that has it going. What's the right answer defensively when you, there's the other team has a big point guard and a, a rolling big man who can both roll and pop to shoot? Um, it's, it's, it's still five-man defense. And so we have to be, at the point of the screen, we have to be way more physical into the ball handler. Um, you know, we're, we're looking to avoid screens at this stage right now, and it's a lot of guys looking to avoid screens as opposed to guarding the ball handler. And so that solves a lot of your problems just at the point of the screen. And then it's the discipline. If the big is rolling, um, you know, our bigs just being in a ball and basket mentality and keeping the, the ball handler from getting to the rim and not letting the roller get behind them, you know, it really gets tough when you have a guy like LaMarcus who does a little bit of both. He plays pick and pop, and he hit his first three shots on pick and pop situations. That's where we need the weak side help. When he's rolling to the rim, we still need the bottom of the weak side to come in and, and try and impede his progress a little bit as he's rolling and hope that they uh, throw skip passes and uh, we've got coverage there. We can keep the ball out of the paint, force them to throw it over the top of our defense, then we got to scramble a little bit, but we prefer to do that. For the second star, we should probably pick somebody from the Hawks bench unit. Uh, felt like all night the Spurs had the advantage with their starters going against the Hawks starters. Uh, and so from the bench, let's go with Kent Bazemore as the second star. He didn't have a great shooting night, uh, 4 for 11 from the field, 2 for 6 from 3, but he was aggressive on offense. He was looking to make some of the full, full speed Euro step and step through moves on his drives to the basket, and those moves gave the Hawks bench unit some life. Bazemore finished with 12.7 rebounds, 2 assists. I appreciated the defense from the Hawks bench, especially in comparison to what the starters were doing. The defense was a lot better when the Hawks had their bench units out there. Overall, you know, when you put a lineup, a five-man lineup of Jalen Adams, DeAndre Bembry, Kent Bazemore, Vince Carter, Alex Poitras, 
You know, that almost feels like four plus defenders out there when Vince has it going. You know, Poitras, Baysmore, Bembry, Carter. Those guys can hold their own. It's mobile if you need to. It can switch. It felt to me like they had a strong defense out there around Jalen Adams. Unfortunately, we're not going to be seeing much of that lineup in the near future. After the game, Lloyd Pierce said that the sprained ankle that Alex Poitras suffered in the second half was significant and would keep him out of the lineup for a decent amount of time. He said that there was already a lot of swelling. Uh, so unfortunately, even though Alex Poitras did a great job as a backup center tonight, and gave him a lot of help defensively, uh, sounds like he's going to be out for a good chunk of time. And for the number one star, let's go with John Collins. 18 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists. He made 6 of 11 shots. It was his first game back after missing 3 games with flu-like symptoms. Uh, after the game, he said he felt good. He sounded a little bit congested still, uh, but he said he felt good. He started out the night guarding Rudy Gay, uh, but because of the injury to Poitras in the second half, they had to shift him to center at times where he was guarding... LaMarcus Aldridge, and just like every other member of the Hawks, he had no answer. As we mentioned before, Aldridge didn't miss a shot in the second half. A couple of other notes on Collins. Uh, while he started out on Gay and eventually ended on Aldridge, in between there was some time where he was guarding Davis Bertans. The Hawks tend to use their starters a lot at the start of the second quarter and fourth quarter. That seems to be a thing that Pierce works into his rotation quite a bit. Uh, so that meant that as the starting power forward, Collins was guarding the Spurs backup power forward, Bertans, on some situations. And Bertans is an elite shooter. Uh, there was like a one-minute stretch in the game where Bertans got a corner three over a medium Collins closeout. Collins didn't really get there in time, made a corner three, Next trip down, almost a carbon copy play, and shortly thereafter, Lloyd Pierce was calling timeout. So very clearly, that's one thing uh, that Collins didn't do super well tonight, and obviously something that he can work on in the future. When, he, when he's covering an elite shooter, power forward, recognizing it earlier, making that full-on 100% sellout closeout, uh, because if you don't, you're not going to get to a tall shooter like Bertans with a quick release. But overall, I thought the effort from John Collins tonight was encouraging. He looked strong. I think maybe even having a few days off for flu-like symptoms, he came back with fresh legs. He looked bouncy early on and was finding some driving lanes in for layups. Let's wrap up with some assorted notes from before the game, after the game, and things that have happened in the past couple of weeks, starting with Greg Popovich. Uh, before the game, Coach Pop was asked what he thought of Trey Young, and here's what he said. I mean, I saw him in college for right. a little bit, but uh, I didn't have to guard him, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's those guys' problem, not mine. <laughs> that shot he hit against the Spurs in three seasons was yeah. fortuitous. He's got pretty good range, yeah. <laughs> Fun guy to watch, for sure. After the game, Popovich said of Trey Young, one of his great assets is that he is confident 
and that he can also pass the basketball. Obviously, he can score, but he also can pass the ball. So you have a point guard that can score, and at the same time, he finds other people, which endears him to his teammates. For him, it's just a matter of experience and getting stronger. Can't argue with any of that. Popovich also heaped a ton of praise on Derek White uh, for what was obviously a strong evening of point guard play. A couple of weeks ago, I asked Lloyd Pierce if he knew whether or not his current rookies, Trey Young, Amari Spellman, and Kevin Herter, would compete this upcoming July in Summer League. Uh, you know, I've heard Travis Schlenk say a few times that really, for those rookies, their rookie season doesn't end April 10 when the regular season ends. It ends at the beginning of training camp next season and that the summer is an important time for growth, as is the portion of basketball that the Hawks are going through here at the end of the regular season. Uh, but Pierce, he kind of demurred and left it as an open answer. I think, I think it, I don't want to mix you and Travis up, but I think it was Travis who said, uh, you know, the, the, the rookie season for the young guys doesn't end April 15. It really goes through their first summers. Do you know yet if, like, Amari and Kevin and Trey will go play in Summer League? I do. Do you want to share it? No. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, I can change my mind. Okay. <laughs> but the, the rookie season, and, and this is, you know, I love that the players do this. You know, unless a guy has 82 games under his belt, you know, he's still a rookie. And we went through that with Dre, and I thought Dre was a good sport this year of, uh, of accepting that, even in his third year, he hadn't reached 82 games. Uh, so, but for our rookies, you know, it, it's and for all our guys, we're, we're going to treat the summer as all these guys are rookies. And there's something for all these guys to grow and look forward to working on and spending time doing. But specifically with Amari, Trey, and Kev, we're going to keep them on that same path. We know what they need to work on when April 10th hits, and we're going to continue to work on that. This is. Summers now, now that we've got a year of basketball experience, it's equally as important to figure out now what to do with their bodies, how to adjust it, how to, how to attack it, and come into the season with all that experience, heading into the second year, then they can be get out of there with the moment. So not much of an answer there from Pierce on whether or not his three rookies, Spellman, Trey Young, and Kevin Herter will go to Summer League, whether that's in Las Vegas, or Utah, or both. I mean, they're obviously going to Vegas. That's all 30 teams, but Utah is a four-team event. We'll have to see if, you know, that hasn't been formally announced whether they would participate in that one or not. Uh, but, you know, if I had to do my own irresponsible guessing, I would say that you could fairly reasonably expect Amari Spellman to participate in Summer League, given that he's missing a lot of opportunity here down the end of the regular season. With an ankle injury, he'll only play in a couple of more regular season games at best. And so that seems like an, a likely opportunity for him, especially given that last summer, John Collins, in a similar role, played at least some of both summer leagues. So I think Spellman's a safe bet. Uh, I kind of feel the same way for Herter. He can get stronger in his body, and that seems like an ideal place to kind of test that sort of thing out. And then Trey Young, you know, obviously he's shown a lot in his rookie season. 
I mean, again, I would guess that he's going to participate. I think he would be the least likely of the three if they were going to sit somebody out. If he does play, he seems like the kind of player where the Hawks might throw him out there for a couple of games in one summer league or two or both, but shut him down before the end of those summer leagues. So I think that's kind of a possibility. But I think even Trey probably plays. We'll have to see. The other thing to consider is that Trey's a point guard. So when the Hawks draft some young players this summer in the draft, it might be a kind of thing where they want to have Trey Young play with those new players. You know, you want to get familiar with your point guard and vice versa. The point guard wants to get familiar with them, find out where they like the ball, how they like the pass, what their strengths are, and how to set them up for the best measures of success. So it kind of feels like Trey Young would be there in summer league in one capacity or another, but we'll have to see the extent of it if he does go. One interesting thing from that clip from Lloyd Pierce, you may have heard him mention that DeAndre Bembry got a little bit of the rookie treatment because he had not played 82 games coming into this season. I asked Bembry before the game if that was true, and he said, yeah, he, he got a little bit of that from the beginning of the season that, you know, when it came time to sing happy birthday to one of the veterans at one of the birthdays, uh, they kind of lumped him in with the rookies and were asking him to sing. So uh, shout out to DeAndre Bembry. He seems like the kind of person who would be a good sport, just as Lloyd Pierce noted. A couple of other notes here before we finish up. This one on defensive rebounding. The Hawks, when everybody's healthy, seem to prefer to start Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Torrey, and Prince. And those players do a lot on offense. I mean, it feels like the whole starting lineup has been put together in such a way that, uh, that Trey Young has spacing and the best offensive players on the roster around him. But in terms of uh, defensive rebounding, it gets kind of rough. We've noticed on this podcast in some recent episodes that you know, Trey Young has gotten feistier in recent weeks on the defensive glass. He's looking for that now. He's competing for some big bodies. He's on the move trying to track some of these defensive rebounds down, which is good to see. But if you look at the full season numbers, that perimeter starting lineup of Prince, Herter, and Young, it's really not good at all in terms of defensive rebounding. For the season, in terms of defensive rebounds, and let's go with defensive rebounding percentage as our metrics. And let me give you a case example here to get started. Point guard Jalen Adams, who is the backup point guard and, you know, six feet tall, his defensive rebounding rate with the bench unit is that he gets 10.0% of the available defensive rebounds. Okay, and you know, it's probably fairly reasonable to expect Jalen Adams to be or to have one of the lower defensive rebounding rates on the team. So where does his 10.0% mark compare to the other Hawks perimeter players, the three that we mentioned before that are in the starting lineup? So Torian Prince, Kevin Herter, Trey Young. Torian Prince's defensive rebounding percentage is 10.1. For Trey Young, it's 
and for Kevin Herter, it's 9.3. It helps that they're out there with John Collins, who can be an elite defensive rebounder at times, and Dwayne Dedman and or Alex Len, depending on health, who, who are good defensive rebounders. But it's going to be hard for the Hawks to be a great rebounding team until they get more physical on the perimeter. You know, right now, just Prince, he isn't playing with the force of a strong third-year player. He needs, needs to be more impactful as a defensive rebounder. And Trey Young and Kevin Herter, while, while Young has made strides recently, uh, they both just need to get stronger and a little bit more aware situationally. Until they do that, it's going to be a tough slog for the Hawks as a defensive rebounding team with that starting unit. They can get better with the bench when they bring in Bembry and Bazemore, uh, but that starting perimeter lineup has you know no plus rebounders in it at all. A couple of other things before we wrap up. Trey Young didn't have a gigantic assist total tonight, but I thought he did a good job of gnashing the ball. You know, when, he, when he drove the ball down towards the rim, and didn't have anything at first glance. I thought he did a good job tonight of keeping his dribble alive along the baseline. He had one situation where he kept that dribble alive along the baseline, drew in three defenders, and found Herter with a hook pass. I think Herter missed the shot. But as a, as a setup play, you know, keeping that dribble alive and making a no-look pass with a hook pass with three defenders on you, that was really a, a special kind of play. Uh, for a play that was less special, uh, again, you know, the nightly watch of do teams try to post Trey up? There was one early in the game. John Collins helped execute a nice scram switch with Trey Young to keep Trey out of a post up. But then there was another time later in the game where Rudy Gay uh, isolated Trey Young in the post with nobody around, no real way of executing that kind of a scram switch. And Gay floated in for a layup as if nobody was there. So that, that was a tough play to watch. And you know, one little play that I appreciated from Kevin Herter. There was a play where the Spurs got out on a fast break and the ball was coming down the left side and it was Derek White and Marco Bellinelli, I believe. I'm pretty sure I, I know it was Marco Bellinelli and I think it was Derek White. And so Herter had a choice to make. He had basically two players to guard in transition on one whole half of the floor to himself. And I think he read Derek White getting into a passing motion. And I know sort of your cardinal rule here is to guard the ball. But I think he had a sense that White was getting ready to pass. So he just didn't guard the ball at all and was going to let White have a three-point shot while taking Bellinelli out of it. And Bellinelli was in the corner. He was going to have a speech that he was going to have a better shot he kind of gave up a pull-up shot to White while retreating to take away an opportunity from Bellinelli there. And I kind of liked the decision. You know, there were some players underneath that were out of the play. If, if White was going in for a layup, they would have come back in the play. But in terms of taking a three-pointer there, it was either White or Bellinelli taking a three. And uh, Herter made a nice call to guard Bellinelli. He waited until the last second, almost baiting 
baiting White into taking what was essentially an off-balance three because White was kind of half getting into his passing motion and then had to realize, oh, wait, I can't pass it here. So I thought that was a, a clever play from Herter, a little thing that might go unnoticed, but something positive here to end on. As always, we appreciate you for listening. Please, please, please subscribe, rate, and review. Help the podcast thrive. And uh, we'll catch you again soon on ATL and 29 of Peachtree Hoops podcast.